You're listening to the Missouri Realtors Podcast with host and Missouri Realtors President, John Mayfield. Join us as we deliver an in-depth analysis of industry news while speaking with industry experts on their successes and failures. Along the way, we'll also share strategies and practices to help you become a more successful realtor. Hey, welcome to the first Missouri Realtors podcast where myself, John Mayfield, your 2022 president, will be leading the podcast. It's not our first podcast. We started these last year, but I am, first of all, excited and honored and so privileged to be your 2022 Missouri Realtors president. And many of you may know by by now my theme for this year is It's Your Story and um, excited and thrilled to have Kelly Swanson on our podcast. Kelly was at our October leadership retreat that we held for the incoming presidents and chairs and vice chairs from around Missouri. And I wanted Kelly to come because, first of all, she's a storyteller, but secondly, she just had a major impact on my life as a speaker. I had the privilege of um, hearing and seeing Kelly speak at our national speakers meeting in St. Louis several years back. And I remember, Kelly, uh, you walked out and started telling this story. And we were all just so mesmerized. And I mean, like three hours later, you were done. Of course, we took a break. But Kelly taught me that day how important storytelling was. And and Kelly, I think I always knew the importance of storytelling, but you just brought it all together. So first of all, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for coming to Cape Girardeau, Missouri and speaking to my leadership incoming group. And uh, they just had a blast with Kelly. So thank you, Kelly, for coming. Oh, I'm excited to be here. I'm so flattered now. <laughs> what a buildup. How will I ever oh. match to that to that description? But but I'm also very honored. It excites me to no end when people see what a powerful tool story is and how it can be used in their life and in their business. So so it's my pleasure. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, you know, why don't you just start with that? What really, when did you realize, hey, I think I could help people with stories. How did that all come about? Or just to share with us a little bit. Sure. It was a weird, twisted path. I didn't intend to be here. This wasn't the plan to go be a speaker, a motivational speaker and a comedian and storyteller. I just always loved story. And for personal reasons, being the outcast, picked on kid, not really having any friends, um, stories and writing became my refuge. And so I never thought I would do anything with it or that it had uh, the, the power that, that I see in it today. It was just something I did for me. It later became a hobby. And uh, my husband was the one who first said, honey, your stories are really good. They make people laugh. They make them feel. I was like, these silly old little stories about ordinary people. And um, I met a humorist, Jeannie Robertson, who just passed recently. And she said, you need to be a speaker and you need to take this talent that you have into the into the business world. And at this point, John, it was just about entertainment. And uh, I was still trying to figure out what I was doing and why it was having such a profound impact on people and changing their lives and making them cry and feel and think and believe that they could do anything. And I'm like, whoa, whatever's happening here is big. And then I stumbled into the National Speakers Association, thanks to Jeannie, and speakers started coming up to me 
and saying, how do we tell stories like you do? You have your audiences eating out of the palm of your hand with the store, these, these, you know, just ordinary stories. What are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. You know, this is my art. I don't, I don't know how to tell people what I'm doing. And, and so John, I began to see if I could tell people what I was doing. And then I began to look at their speeches and go, well, how do you tell, how can they tell a story like them, not like me? And forever I had people sounded like, you know, a Southern, a woman with a Southern accent like me. And then finally I started looking at, well, how do I, how do we craft this? How do you take the art of story and use it to persuade people? And I began to see patterns. I began to say, wait a minute, this is an art. However, there are pieces, there's a structure. If you do this, if you do this, if you, uh, when I finally stumbled into the realization that it was about telling three stories at once, yours, it, and theirs, that's when things began to click. And I began to see how to attach a structure to an art form. And so 17 years later, John, all these speakers would come to me and then they, then that branched out because people in my audience would want to know. I began talking about story, not just doing it. And they'd say, how do you, and then I realized, wait a minute, Financial planners could benefit from this. Pastors could benefit from this. Everybody could benefit from this because this isn't about entertainment. It's about influence. It's about emotional connection and and persuading people to do what you want them to do on an emotional level. And I know everybody listening gets that because now I'm starting to step into your wheelhouse of not selling so much as adding that layer of how do we truly connect on an emotional level and story is one of the most powerful tools we have. So that's a condensed, believe it or not, version of how I ended up where I am today. That is very, very cool. And I want our listeners to know that we're going to get in. I want to ask Kelly some questions to help you in 2022 with your sales career. And as you said, it's it's not just about selling. And And some of our listeners might be thinking, I can't tell a story or I like doing my business the way I do it. That's the way I was when you came to NSA. And I remember you telling me, and you, you meet thousands of people every year, so you probably probably do not remember the conversation. But I remember at break you saying to me, John, you have to open with a story. Because I, I had said to you, Kelly, I talk about technology. I, I you know, how do I open with a story? And and so I had this big presentation coming up and I opened with a story because I thought I cannot tell story. You know, I can't tell a story as a technology speaker. And I opened with that story and I came back and closed with that story as you taught us that day. And I got a standing ovation. There must have been six or 700 people in the room. And I thought, holy cow. And that's when I realized the power of stories. But you know, as I then started thinking in my real estate career, and I'll just give you an example, and maybe we can build on this for the audience. But a lot of times we have people say, or, or we have to say, how much earnest money do you want to put down when they get ready to write a sales contract? And so I remembered this time, Kelly, when these people really wanted this farm and the farmer he was stubborn and he wasn't going to come down any and the little people wanting to purchase the home, 
they just, they were limited on funds and they were paying cash and they couldn't come up anymore. And we were just a few thousand dollars off. And of course, you know, the last thing we wanted to have to do is a um, commissionectomy. That's what my friend Corky High would always say, you know, I don't want to cut the commission. And, and so I asked them to write the full price of the property for earnest money. They asked how much did I need. And I said, why don't you just give me the, it's a cash deal. Why don't you just write it out? And this was a six figure, pretty big deal. And uh, he said, well, I'd have to transfer some money. And I said, no, I won't deposit it unless he accepts the offer. So they wrote out the earnest money for the amount of the sales price. And I remember presenting that offer, sliding that check with the contract over to the farmer who absolutely told me he would not come down anymore. And he picked up that check and stared at it. And he said, where do I sign? And, you know, Kelly, I use that story to this day on why it's important to put a lot of earnest money down. So walk us through a scenario like that. I mean, how do we find stories or, you know, how can you make a story like that tell it in a condensed version and I know I'm putting you on the spot here but well no but I can I can add some insight to that and and um, and of course knowing that I don't have all the information and I don't but but let me let me say a few things on everything you're saying number one anybody listening just because I'm telling you story is powerful does not mean I'm telling you what you're doing is wrong or not enough, right. or that you need to change everything. This is an add-on. This is a simple little drop in there. Consider it a tool to make it you even more powerful. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. Um, and, and I also want to say it seems very overwhelming, but many people listening are doing it already. You're already telling stories. We're doing it naturally. We're doing it in business. We're doing it in life. Some of you are already doing it very well and know exactly what you're doing, in which case some of the advice I can give you can just be to help add a little bit more structure or even a little bit more persuasive power to it or those fine-tuning things. Um, another thing I want to say is is it's important also to, and I know it's not exactly what you asked me, but I want to preface it. It's important to also understand why we're doing this and why you would open with a story to get why it gets you a standing ovation. And I'll just cut to the chase. We buy from people we like, trust, believe, and feel like we know. You, everybody knows that they buy you first, that they buy how they feel about you, that this is about a trust relationship. You can't tell people that. You can show them that. And stories help you show them that you understand what life is like, that you understand what their pain points are, that you hopefully understand why the man's buying the farm anyway, what it means personally to him, to his wife sitting beside him, you know, all of those good things. That's why we open with story because it creates that human connection where now this is personal and it's not just business and it's not just a face that's easy to say no to. There's a human being who John gets me. So now back to your story about the farmer. Y'all have lots of stories in that. Um, and when you say, how do we find stories? The first thing I say is, um, I like everybody to have some sort of an opening kind of a story, John, that sort of just shows us who you are, and like I said, and, and it creates rapport, uh, and, and maybe you've got a story in your pocket about another client. Client testimonial stories are the best stories uh, you can have that say, oh, we, we had somebody just like you. 
and they were going through this uh, different scenario, but but similar. We connect to the emotion, by the way, John, in stories, not plot. So the, your your client is going to recognize the feelings of your other client more than exactly how that scenario went. So you're pulling out uh, uh, stories to open up. When you're looking to find stories, I always tell people the first thing you need to do is know what you want to achieve with that story. What do you want them to think, feel, or do? as a result of hearing that story. This is a tool uh, to do what you know what you need it to do. What do you want them to think about you? What do you want them to think about your company? Um, you, 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 you want to know all of those pieces. So what do you want the story to do? I'll simplify it even more, John. What's the lesson in the story? What's the point? Uh, surprisingly, many people tell stories even in the speaking business, and they're not really sure what the point is. So I make them stop and go, okay, that's a great story. Now tell me, what did it teach you? What lesson did you learn in that story? What, what, why would you tell that to somebody else? So you can get a grasp on why you're telling the story and what you want it to accomplish. And if you had been sitting in front of your farmer, now you told me the facts that happened. And um, I would add some more pieces to the story, uh, some more. Uh, well, I, I don't want to go into depth into how to craft the story because then we could be here all day. Well, but, and, and, and one quick thing. I always yes. tell the story because it happened at the Dairy Queen at I-55 in St. Genevieve. But I try to because and you mentioned that and I and I had the privilege of, of hearing Jenny Robinson and, and I did not realize she had passed away. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. bringing bringing some of those little details can help a story. You don't want to get in the weeds and but yes but, yes i will address that that yeah. is critical P it is it, the, the 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 beauty is in the details of the story you need to paint the scene of that story now we know people who paint a scene that's got way too much paint you know and every story my mother right. tells lord i hope she's not listening starts <laughs> with what she had for breakfast three weeks ago we don't want less is better but details are necessary john because facts are not a story a story is an experience that somebody went through a conflict you had and a, a problem was solved and how it felt to have the problem and how it felt to have it solved. So, so that's the most important thing is that you don't just tell me all the facts that happened. That's not a story. What did the main character go through? What, what did you realize at the other end of it? Now, the reason the details are so important is because if I can't see it, I can't connect to it. And you're the narrator here. You had the ability to paint this picture for me to see the people. Show me a little bit about the farmer. How was he dressed? How, how, what, um, um, what did his wife look like? And we don't need a ton of details. Um, just like you said, it was the Dairy Queen off of route, whatever. I mean, that's, those are beautiful details. I was, I was nervous. I was excited. So paint the, the emotions and the scene around me so I can step into the story and really see it the way you do. And when you tell it, people ask me all the time, John, they say, how I tell one story called woman with the mop. It's incredibly simple. There, you know, there's nothing, you know, amazing about it. But people say, Kelly, I've seen you tell that story 10 times. And every time it gets me and it feels different, but it's not. How is that? And I said, because every time I tell the story, I'm standing there again, seeing her and I'm, I'm feeling it again and I'm excited about it again and I'm experiencing it in my head again as I tell you the story instead of standing off to the side. And y'all have all seen people 
in presentations and in lectures and whatever who stand to the side of their story and tell it very removed from it as if it, in the same tone and inflection as everything else in their presentation. And the further removed you get from your story, the further removed I'm going to get from your story. And I do want to say one more thing. It's not about the fancy story. It's not about the best people ask me all the time. Is this the best story? Is this the one? Is this is this? The, I said, y'all are asking the wrong question. It's not about is it the best story? Is it the right story? Does this story illustrate the point you want to make? All story is is a real life example of this point you want to make for your client, how important it is to do X, Y, Z, how you want to be careful to avoid X, Y, and Z, how good it's going to feel if you take these steps I'm telling you to take. And, and you, telling people has a pushing action. But if you can say, we had a client who was in a similar situation, and you can change their names. We can, be, we can still respect confidentiality. We'll call them Tim and Sarah. For, to respect their confidentiality. They were sitting in a very similar spot to you. They were worried about this. They were worried about this. They didn't know how they were going to get the money. I don't know, I'm making stuff up, you know, and, but we showed them through this one tool, how they were, you know, and this is how it felt when they got on the other, other side of it. So everybody listening has many clients who they helped or who did, did something they shouldn't have done and it had a negative or it had a positive payoff. And there are many stories there that you can write. And I, I'm thinking of one right now, and I want to ask you how we mm -hmm. could, how people mm -hmm. could craft this. But I love what you said. The further you become removed from the story, the further the, the listener is going to become. And, you know, it, it just hit me then because I open with my blueberry story. Um, and there have been times it hasn't gone off the way I wanted it to. And I'm thinking, why was it so powerful? But today it didn't seem as powerful. And I think that that's probably why I just was a little bit more removed. So, you know, uh, thank you for sharing that. That was great. And well, let uh, me say one thing about what you just said. You can, when it's comedy and they laugh, you can check the box that you did what you wanted them to do. But with storytelling, you are not going to get the reaction. You will not always get a standing ovation, and that will there will not be a reaction that you can gauge. And that's what's going to be hard about it is when people are moved, they don't all react in the same way. And so you 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 could be in a different area of the country. And just people are different at, in how they react. So don't judge yourself too harshly. Uh, but going back to what you said, yeah, perhaps it was a little, maybe it, you weren't just as connected to it uh, that day or, you know, told it differently. Right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So here's an, an example. And I know the this is just being thrown at you at this moment. So I apologize. And if you don't have the, you know, an answer or a solution, I understand. But a lot of real estate agents today are struggling with the market being so robust and so hot. In fact, I read an article yesterday that said there's probably going to be uh, a shortage of inventory through 2023. And we're hearing about some markets where, and even some markets here in Missouri where buyers are trying nine, 10, 12 times and then they, they can't get a contract accepted because people are outbidding them and they can't go up high enough. How could an agent, because we have new agents, 
and we have older agents and they're struggling, you know, they're writing a contract and you feel great. And it's like, Oh good. I found a home for these folks. And then they get beat out by another offer. Is there a way to craft a story when that agent is presenting it to the other agent? In other words, I think sometimes we forget that that story could be powerful between not just between agents and clients, but between agents and other agents. Because if I bring you a contract, Kelly, for your client, I've got to get, I've got to get you to like me if you're, if there's six or seven other offers that are real similar. So can you think of something or, you know, how do I pull that story in or what, how, and maybe that's way too much for you. Well, but. no, but but let me see what I can add to it. And what I always tell people too is, I'm not an expert at selling what you sell. Right. Um, so so there's that, and I never claim to be, because I'm always like, you figure out how to sell what you do. I'm going to make you more powerful at it by taking what you already do and dropping story into it. Um, so I, I want that clear, is that I don't want anybody to think I'm giving them, the, but you're right, I believe, in that this comes down to influence. Um, now, I don't know nothing about what you're dealing with. And, and, but I'm going to just spit this out anyway, because I've been in groups where they're like, my people don't care about stories. This is a numbers game. And the one with the best number is going to win. And that's case in point, And there's no point even doing any of this. I'm like, well, well okay, well game over, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and I said, well, 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 and I can't even step into another industry and begin to catch up. But I'm like, well, what if the numbers are the same? I'm like, what if, what if they're all similar? What if, you know, in my industry, in the speaking industry, you could say it's a numbers game, but it's really not. Somebody can still beat on, on, and, and so if, and excuse me if it's not a good way to answer your question, but the first thing I would say is if you're trying to influence and beat out all the others, your differentiating factor will be the fact that they like you the best, that, that you have created a personal connection with that buyer that they're going to buy from you. We've all spent more money on people because we like that salesperson better. I mean, we, we, it's not always a numbers game, but that's not technically what you asked me. So going back to can stories, stories can be used anywhere that you want to try to convince somebody of something or persuade them or give them a message. So for me, when somebody says, can I use story here? The first thing I would ask you is, who are you talking to and what's the message you're trying to portray? Are you trying to go to another agent and say, hey, we need to work together. If you pass me this, you know, I can't even begin till I know what's this point and this message that you want to influence this other person with. And then I say, it's kind of like I did with your group when I came in person. Okay, then I look at the three pieces. Who's the one talking? How can I connect the talker with the buyer? or the seller, because not always a seller, um, in a human way. How can I show them that they get each other and create an emotional connection between the two? So I don't know how to answer your question in terms of, of with these other agents, because I am not clear what that one message is you need to give another agent. I understand the, the, what everybody's going through. Now story could be used there. If you're, if you've got a team, cause this is about influence and, and this could be about motivation. I've got a lot of people who are saying, help me motivate my team. 
and get them embraced around the constant change and stress they're in and help them realize the value they're bringing to our company. I mean, that's a whole other way to influence. And, you know, and so um, you could use story with these agents, these new agents coming in to inspire them to to get through this that this is tough that they've never experienced it before they're in uncharted waters and so i would say well go find a story john where you were in a similar situation in a different point in your life and what you learned maybe you were on a team in in high school on your football team or maybe you know that's what i do when i go in front of an audience that i've never met i don't know their industry the client has said come cheer them up and these people are strung out, they're burned out. I come in and I think, what do I want to tell them right now? What's one of the messages I want to tell them as their, you know, speaker, the influencer of the moment? And I'm like, I need them to know that the work that they do has a huge impact on their communities, even when they can't see it. So then I will go find a story of somebody like them who made a huge impact and say, see, this is the work you do. Or I go to my own life and I do it all the time. And I go, where did I learn that in my life? Oh, I learned that in the nursing home when I was a beginning storyteller and I took my keyboard and I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm in a hot room. It's 400 degrees and everybody's wearing sweaters and they're, everybody's asleep. They look half catatonic. And this one woman, when I play this song, comes out of her spell. And, and, and it's a beautiful story. And I, and I come out of the story and I say, that moment I learned the power that I have to make a difference, even when I don't know what I'm doing, even when I don't have a budget, even when, and that's what I hang on to, is why I do the work that I do. And see, they can relate to that because of the power of story, your value is transferred, uh, the value of your story is transferred to the teller, that's kind of a, a weird thing you might have to unpack a little later, <laughs> but, but then they can, they relate to the person. And so you've given them a chance to test drive the beauty that the, the value they make in the world. So I didn't really answer your question well, well because no, I, I need more information. Yeah, I think, I think you did. And I guess what I wanted the listeners to understand is sometimes, and I've been doing selling real estate since I was 40, since I was 18 for, this mm -hmm. is like 42 or 43 years. And sometimes when agents bring me contracts for their buyers, or if I'm presenting a contract, sometimes there can be this wall they want to put up, like they want to be defensive or they mm -hmm. want to be the big shot. Because they don't or, trust you. Exactly. Their arms are crossed and they, you haven't earned their trust. And, and so I guess what I was trying to hope the listener would get is that maybe there's a story there. Maybe you've had 10 deals that have fallen through, but maybe there's a story you can share with that other agent that will make the other agent say, you know, I'd like to work with John or Kelly. And let me tell you how simple it is, John, yeah. because it's not complicated. Um, you can make it more intricate and have a good story that weaves in all these things, but it's this simple. I was speaking to a group of wedding cord, uh, uh, meeting uh, event planners. Okay. And I was doing my workshop on the story formula. They all went back home and I was going to come back on day two. I did come back on day two. Well, one of the gentlemen came in the next day and he goes, Kelly, I had a consultation last night with a, with a bride and her husband. And he said, normally I would launch right into everything we do, how we do it. Here's our pricing, slide the sheet of paper across from them and see what they're interested in. 
He said, and I decided, he goes, I didn't know what kind of story to tell. He goes, this is all still kind of floating around my head. I don't know how to tell a story. He said, but I just decided to ask them a couple of questions. And he said, I asked the bride, what would your perfect wedding look like? And he said, she just kind of stopped and, and then be, oh, 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 first he said, how did you meet? And he, and she, they, they, they laughed about the story of how they met. And then he said, what would your perfect wedding look like? And she described it. And then he said, Hey, is there, we asked both of them, but, and then he said to both of them, is there anything you would like to know about me? before we get started. Okay, I thought that was an unusual question. It's never something I would have advised, but he just said, is there anything you'd like to know about me? And they kind of looked at him and he let the moment be, let there be an awkward silence. And then the guy goes, well, uh, I don't know. What do you do for hobby? You, you know, I mean, the guy was totally just making up a question. <laughs> and this this man said, well, I know I like to plan weddings, but I'll tell you what, when I'm not home with my grandkids or I'm not, and he's dropping little, you know, when, when, when my wife and I aren't, you know, you know, working out on the farm, whatever, he goes, I like deep sea fishing. He goes, that's where I want to go. And he said that guy's eyes lit up and he was like, oh, I like deep sea fishing too. And then the conversation ended and he said, okay, let's get started. And John, when it was over, the husband, who was the one with the, the, the groom, whatever, wasn't husband yet, with the with crossed arms. You know what? I might be getting it wrong. It could have been the father, but it doesn't matter to the right. story. He said, I knew I liked you. We wanted to go with you. I, I knew it from the very beginning. You know, like he had this feeling. No, it wasn't a feeling. John, what, th what that man did was brilliant. Yes. With a simple question, he stepped into their story. He shared a little bit of, of his story. What he did in that opening moment was probably what closed his sale, not anything after that. And, and we, everybody listening, will not because they know exactly what just happened. You're doing it already. That's all story is. If you don't remember anything about how to write a story from this call, just remember this. Step into their story somehow. Let them tell it to you. Let them share a piece of yours. Then you, then again, and I know I said it before, I'll say it again. Then that salesperson became a, a, a grandfather who likes deep sea fishing. You become a person and you that now the arms are lowered. Will it get you the sale? I mean, shoot, don't we wish that always was all we needed? But it'll lower their arms so that they lean in and they're ready to listen to what you had to say because you've done what every sales trainer since the beginning of time has probably, you know, taught you to do is create rapport and a connection with your buyer before you start trying to sell them. I love that. That's excellent. Yeah. And actually those two questions could be used in so many examples in our real estate industry, whether you're working with an agent or a consumer and it, it allows you to step into their story. So very, very good. Well, and John, notice that he didn't say, tell me what you're looking for. He asked them a question that forced them to paint a picture or tell a story. Tell me how you met. What would the perfect wedding look like? What does this mean to you? He did not say, tell me what you're looking for, which I think all of us as salespeople, me included, tend to go right to, okay, tell me what you need. All right, you got this. What kind of budget do you have? And, and I, I, even now to this day, I have to tell myself, Kelly, stop, stop. You're skipping the connection piece. Right. 
Very, very good. Kelly, this has just been wonderful. And I'm looking down and it's like we're already way over 30 minutes, which is, <laughs> and I told Tristan I would try to keep these around okay. the 30, 35 minute range. But um, you shared some resources. I mean, tell everyone, first of all, how they can find you online and, you know, your social media, anything like that. Because I follow you on social media and love to keep tabs on what's going on. Sure. Two things. To find me, just Google Kelly Swanson Speaker. You will quickly find my website. That's just the easiest way. Kelly Swanson Speaker, Storyteller, you'll get there. The second thing is, please go to the free gift on my website. Um, the link is called kellysfreegift.com, but you can just find it as a tab called free gift. There are all sorts of resources on there that you can, that everybody listening, you can even get a digital copy of my book, The Story Formula, and um, and and go, if I've piqued any interest in you to learn more, then there's a lot waiting for you in that portal. And of course, I'd love to meet you on social media sometime. My website will take you to all those places. Great. Well, Kelly, it as always, it's been a pleasure. They, uh, they want you to come back to Missouri. So we're going to make that happen somehow, and we will let our audience know. Um, but I really appreciate you taking time to uh, to join us today and share your your ideas and thoughts and wisdom. I picked up a lot of really cool things today, so I know it's going to help me with my business. And I want our listeners to know each month I plan to bring a um, uh, an interesting topic for you, something of value that can help you grow your real estate career. As I mentioned earlier with NSA, I think at the conference they just have a room set up and they start pulling people in there and they just ask them, you know, how are you how are you making money? What are you doing to perfect your craft? And I mean, I learned so much from those um, voices of experience. I don't know if they still call it that today. I think it's on Spotify, but that's my goal as your 2022 president. I really want to bring some value. And I more than anything, I want you to share your story. What's your story on why consumers should deal with a realtor? What's your story on why you get involved with the association and what's your story on why you advocate for property rights and home ownership? So we are going to talk more about story. Don't forget, we have our January business conference coming up in St. Louis at the Hyatt by the Arch. Yes, my inauguration will be on Thursday night, the 20th. I'd love for you to come to that, but um, we would just be Thrilled to see you get involved with Missouri Realtors. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell others about it in your office and go check out Kelly's website. Uh, Again, Google her at Kelly Swanson Speaks. You'll find more information there. Kelly, thank you so much. This was just an honor and uh, appreciate your friendship and all you've shared with us. Hey, anytime. Thank you for having me. And uh, sure, I'd love to come back. Uh, thanks for having me and um, share that share step into your story. All right. Thank you. Okay.